Jimmy at the end of July at Helium and uh, always on 103.3 The Edge. And uh, here's Jim Kurtzel. All right. All right, Marky. Episode 27. True professional again. We keep getting these professionals. Uh, 1994 timing graduate. A lot of people won't. 95. 95. Yeah. Sorry. Again, with the researchers. Right? <laughs> yeah, they're he is now He is now the vice president of content and programming of a rock and alternative. Jim Kurtzel. Welcome, yeah. Welcome to License to Talk. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Jim is one of these guys that you don't know for, is from South Buffalo. A lot of guys don't know that. But Jim is one of the most successful guys to come out in the, of the neighborhood in the last 20 years, I think, Mark. Jim, tell us how you got started right after uh, graduating high school. Um, I went to I went to college for it, actually. Um, and then, like, it's kind of like radio. I just always wanted to do that. So I was like, well, whatever I can do to do that. But time, <laughs> like, time is a weird thing. And I get in trouble. I get myself in trouble all the time. And that's why I always, I'll start the sentence with, I liked it. I like South Buffalo. <laughs> like, I like that I grew up here. I still live here. Like, I don't hate it. And people get so pissed <laughs> off at me because it's like, I say stuff and whatever I get my, I get in trouble. But, um, but like time wasn't like, I would go and ask them questions. I'd be like, I want to be on the radio and this is what I want to do. And they didn't know shit. Like they just didn't know what to do. They're like, well, you got to go to college. I'm like, do I like, it doesn't seem like a degree job. Like, and they're like, no, you have to, like, you have to go to college and you have to like major in, um, communication and like, I'm like, I guess, all right. And then, like, when I finally got an internship at a radio station, the first person I met was a high school kid interning. I was like, what the <laughs> fuck? Like, are you kidding me? And then, like, the people that I talked to there were like, yeah, yeah, I mean, you don't really – I mean, it's cool to go to college. You don't have to. And I'm like, I just – I'm like, oh, my God. I just wanted to go back to time and, like, find Mr. Kirsch and just be like, what the fuck, dude? <laughs> like, like you wasted so much of my time. But it really was, like, like nothing against it or anything like that. They just didn't know what they were doing at that school. They told me, uh, uh, your parks department material. <laughs> I was like, oh, thanks a lot. Really? Yeah, I, they told me <laughs> the exact is, opposite. What does that mean? <laughs> like, your <laughs> yeah. parks department material. Like, ah. And you I know? did. And that's you what know? I did. Like, first of all, everybody in our neighborhood is pretty much parks department material. Yeah. Like, we all know who we are. We all know where we were. Like, it's just weird luck that we all, like, any of us do anything else. But it's just kind of odd that we all went to this high school that seemingly pushes college as much as it does. Yeah. When eight out of every 10 of us go to ECC <laughs> like is that what it is and that like or whatever like and it's like none of us really wanted to do it like, we all grew up where we grew up and like our parents were firemen and cops and, and teachers and things like that and we all just kind of wanted to do that kind right. of stuff but everything like I don't know what they were getting out of pushing college the way they did <laughs> but it's like you don't really have to do that you know yeah a lot of my friends were you know they have all these loans I worked for the parks department yeah. so I guess it worked out for a little yeah. bit oh you listen to them yeah. <laughs> like you were like, all right. Yeah. I've been leaning on my high school diploma like the hardest anybody. It's things going to snap one yeah. day. I mean, I guess I did too. Like, yeah, all right. I'll just do what you're sure. Whatever you tell me to do, I'll do. And they're like, yeah, go to this school and get into debt for 11 years after. Like, okay. Where'd you end up going? Uh, so I went to Pitt Bradford at first. Uh, and then I came back here and went to Canisius and finished up there. Um, which two of like the dumbest things I, I could have done when, when even, even if I was going to go to college, I should have just gone to Buff State. Instead of like, but all my friends went to Canisius, so I was like, I'm not going if I'm not going with my friends. Like yeah. it, was the, it was just stupid. So like, we have the yearbook here. You didn't weren't in the. <laughs> you weren't even in the AV club. You were 
you were in the art club. No, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I didn't like <laughs> high school. Like I don't know. I it's I I don't. It's, <laughs> we, we, I didn't like it. He I walked d- in. And, <laughs> I, I mean, I went to Timer for five years. I nobody <laughs> like dislikes it more than yeah, I. Yeah, I just like and I don't know. Like it's nothing against anyone in particular. It's just and and this is the thing. As I get older and I reflect on it, like I know it was like really me. You know what I mean? But like. I just hated every second of it. Like there just wasn't like when people and I'll get together with people now, like who really liked time in, they just like had great experiences and I, and I like them and we're friends and all that stuff. But I just like stare at them and I'm like, where, like, did we go in different buildings? Yeah. Like I don't like, cause I just, I hated it so much. Like, and I just thought that like at the time, um, like I just felt that it was weird that the teachers there seemed so concerned with how popular they were <laughs> like like the like cool these are teacher. teachers yeah. these are teachers and they're like petrified of like 16 year old boys thinking they're not cool <laughs> like it's just this paralyzing fear that they had and i just feel like what the fuck is like <laughs> why like shouldn't you be an authority figure of some kind yeah. like and and it was just like you know, it just I just I didn't like it. I started bartending the next year. I think I made more money than they did. Oh yeah, of course you did. Of course you did. Yeah. I think we had like fifty six kids, and but I mean I think that goes to like how the nepotism is throughout South Buffalo. I I was going there to play baseball, and it was like there's no. There was like six guys at the tryout. They had their team. Right. You know? Oh, yeah. I wish that somebody was just like, go to South Park. You'll be the all-star. Right. You know? Go ahead. And they, um, I always, the the other thing I thought was weird too is like, my mom used to say, my mom used to be like, it's kind of weird that like most of the teachers went there. Oh, yeah. Like, that's kind of weird that like most of the teachers at that school like went to that school. And like, what is that saying? Is that like they can't get people who went to other schools to go there? Like, or that like they're just so fiercely loyal in that sense. And like, maybe that's good. And like, like I said, I always go back to them like, like maybe I'm the asshole. Like, and that's possible. Like, I just like, there's just so little that I like that I liked about it. I think about these different experiences there. And I was just like, none of them, like none of them helped me do anything. Like, I guess, I guess I'm super good at drinking in parks. <laughs> um, but we're all like, that's another thing. That's like a neighborhood tie. Like we're all equally good at that. Like there's yeah. like, a, I'm not bad. I'm not the Joey chestnut of tech stands. <laughs> like I can't, like, it's not, it's not anything special, but like other, like, but it's, it's weird though too, because like I stayed here, obviously like, I live here. It's like a nice place to live. And my daughter grew up here and it's nice for her and stuff like that. But like, but she's nowhere around any of it. Like yeah. when she, when she was getting ready to go to high school and we we're like, Oh mercy. Like, Nope. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm going to go through that debate. <laughs> yeah. Good luck. <laughs> yeah. I was texting guys that you're cool with. Hey, you got anything on Kurtzel? Nope. <laughs> that's, that's probably good. What, what uh, I yeah, said, what I good. said, is goes, what about the people that I'm not cool? with? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I, I I didn't want to talk to those guys. <laughs> There's the- people that hate me. Like, it's like, and I always, and it's fucking, it's fucking Facebook. Like, that's what it is. And like, that's, I, I've sort of stopped doing Facebook entirely because, um, there's like guys from this neighborhood and girls too, whatever, but like people that I know or knew when I was little. Right. But I don't know them, you know? Mm-hmm. So like, they'll just like, I'll put something on Facebook and they'll just start like, I don't know if they think it's like, Oh, like the, the radio stuff. So we're going to bust his balls or whatever. And it's like, and I'll, I'll just crush back or whatever. And then it's like, well, you're an asshole block. I'm like, what? Yeah. <laughs> like we played little league together. Why? Yeah. But <laughs> like, I think that across the board, I think you're an adv- advocate of don't take the internet too seriously. Oh no. You, you know, can't. like you, 
so it's like what I said. It's like it's the internet. Yeah. Like come on. But it's like all it is is like it shows everyone's full of shit, right? Like it's um everybody's got these really like hardcore opinions and they're, they're, they'll argue for hours and hours on Facebook and they'll like ruin real friendships over it. But then it's like, all right, election day, go vote. It's like, well, fuck that. (laughs) (laughs) Hold on. (laughs) It's like, well, no, go. That's all you got to do. Just go do that. Don't even do this stuff. Just go do that. And they just, they don't do it. Like it, it just seems like it's a weird, it's a weird thing, but I try not to like, I do this stuff like I'm more on Twitter now and like as far as social media goes and like I do things where like I make up sports stats like I just I just make them up and I and I like I defend them like with a straight face like I'll just be like no that's true you know what I mean like um like when the Sabres were on their 10 game winning streak I I tweeted that it was uh the first time they've ever won 10 games in a row ever yeah, and people like and you. people go berserk on me and and it's just so funny like that that to me is funny but like when i'm like you know fucking you know women should be treated fairly or whatever people are like <laughs> fuck you you pussy I'm like, what <laughs> like, hold on yeah, like yeah, holy jesus now. But yeah, before so like so now you're an old school media guy. You're on the radio. Yeah. That's that's like a cool. It's never going away. Podcasting. This is really cool. Yeah. Like, what was your first experience from like college getting into a radio station? Um, it's this one. It was the Edge. That's where I interned. Oh wow. So like I and that's the thing. That's the the weird um like unicorny thing about my career arc is uh, like they'll tell you in radio like that there's um there's uh, two dream gigs. It's it's New York City and it's your hometown. Those it's that's you want one of those two. That's what everybody gets into radio for to either get to New York City or to get a gig in their hometown. And for me, I always wanted to be here. So I interned at the edge and I just stayed like I just like I got lucky like and and people don't. So it's like that's never lost on me, like how lucky I am with it. Um, And and that's the thing. Like, it's just it's so I interned there and then. When my internship was over, I was like, I don't want to go. So I did another internship. So I'm like, I just got to stay somehow. And I wanted to get hired there and they, they weren't hiring. And then um, then after that ended, they hired me like part time um, to, to do like random shit. Um, and then I got hired to be Shred and Reagan's assistant. And that's when it all blew up for me because those guys are fucking killer. Like just... Yeah people human beings i hear that i hear that with people that like are working in like uh social media now because now it connects everybody yeah like the new school media to the old school media and they say those guys are awesome they are uh two of uh not only very funny and creative and hardworking people but they're just two of the best people ever and that's day one they just looked out for me like they didn't have to like and there's a million people that can do what i do like like so i told i wrote jokes and could record bits for them or whatever like a million people could do that they were just good to me you know um, so I got, I became their assistant and then I became their producer's assistant, um, who's this brilliant guy, this brilliant guy named Tim Sotala, um, who I came up under. Um, then he moved on and then their next producer, I was his assistant and then he moved on. Then I became the producer of the show, um, which was another thing. Like I had no business producing a morning show. Like I've never done it. And, but it was just them. They're like, you can do it. We'll help you every single day. And like, they got me good at it. Um, which again, they didn't, they could have hired somebody with experience who could have just come in and done that for them, but they wanted me to grow. Um, and then I became, then I added, um, I was the music director of the radio station, which is like, um, it's different every time you have it. Like if somebody tells you they're a music director, they either do a lot or they do a little. 
And when I was at, like, I have a music director now. Her name's Bentley, and she does a lot. She works her ass off, and she's super good. When I was a music director, I was the opposite. I did nothing. <laughs> like, I had a title, like, because the guy who was the program director at the time, he was just like, I don't, I don't need, I don't need this. I don't need you. <laughs> like, I can run the station without you. I can do the music. I like, they want you to have the title. You can have the title, but like, we're not gonna do much. I was like, cool, <laughs> that's great, you know. Um, but he ended up being cool too and like taught me a lot as well. But um, then when he was, he was actually let go and then they were like, oh, you can be the program director now. And I was like, the fuck I can. <laughs> I said no twice. Like um, just had no, like, I, not that I didn't want to do it. I just never really thought about running an entire station and I didn't think I could do it. I was just super scared to do it. I'm like, all I ever wanted to do was like be a guy on a morning show. I didn't even want to be the guy on a morning show. I just wanted to be a guy. I wanted to write um and produce comedy that's it you wanted to be um, fred norris basically pretty that's exactly what i wanted to do <laughs> oh that's really exactly what i wanted to do um and i was perfectly content doing like the local version of that forever you know and then just more stuff came up so when i finally was like okay i'll be the program director and then i did that and then uh from there i, I did that for a while and then you start getting calls from other places and so they start like the thing with me was like I just never really wanted to leave. I just didn't, I didn't really want to leave Buffalo. Like I could have left Buffalo a lot and it's like, and it's not like some, like I believe in my hometown. Like, it's yeah. just like, it's just, I'm better here. I know that, you know, like yeah. it's, um, it's a better spot for me. My daughter's here. That's obviously the most important part of it. And so that was always factoring in. And then, but every time I did, every time I got an offer from another city, the company that I work for now, they would always come back with something. They were always like, well, we want to show you that we believe in you and you can do this and this. And I was like, holy shit, that's amazing. You know? Um, and then, so I would grow from there, but like, it was always, um, having people working for me that were awesome. That's what always yeah. made it better. You know, I think it shows a lot of character just being at a place for as long. Cause you know, that means that you've had good and bad relationships and still gone through a day being like, we're working. Yeah. Yeah, no, and I have a ton of bad ones, like a ton, like in <laughs> in the industry, in the city, like, and and it's weird because like I'm I'm a shut in, like I'm very like as weird as it sounds, like I'm super quiet, I'm super afraid, like I don't I don't like going to things, I don't like being around stuff, you know, <laughs> like so like for somebody who does what I do in the place that I do it for as long as I've done it. I don't know shit. Like I like there's people like, I'm like, Oh, you know, that guy, that guy and that guy. I'm like, I don't know any of them. Like I, I don't, you know? And it's cause I don't go to, I don't go to the things because I'm just too freaked out by it. Like, I'm like, I can't, you know, like I'm not, I'm not the guy that's going to the fucking gala or whatever. You, you know, you like, like to be behind the microphone. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, made a career of it. And even so that, great. like, I don't like being on the air. Like, I, I do an air shift. I do, like, during weekdays, I do middays. I do 10 to 3. And it's, like, and it's a weird thing to get into radio when you're young because all you want to do is be on the radio. And then that's the worst part of your job. Like, I'm, like, there's so much that I do now where that's so much more rewarding than sitting behind a microphone being, like, here's fucking Imagine Dragons or whatever, <laughs> yeah. you know? Like, um, it's... It's the writing. It's the it's the stuff that we put together promos and contests and like you know bits and um, shows, concerts and things like that. That's that's what I'm into it for now. Like, 
And, you know, as far as like, but all of that comes with like, you have to have those relationships and I'm just not good at it. Like, I'm just, I've just never been, you know, like, you know, my friends, like, you know what, like, (laughs) we don't fucking like, it's like, and and some of our friends that are good at it, we fucking tear them apart for it. Like, like, what are you doing? Making contacts? Loser. Like, like, we're just so awful. We're just so terrible. How are you dealing with these assholes you see around town? Like, why don't you play the B-sides, man? Why don't you play the deep cuts? It's. I would because I've heard I I've heard you talk about that a, a long time ago and I want to see if your answer is still the same. Well, it it is. I mean, the first answer is I would trade jobs with anybody for a week. Like just not because like what I do is harder than you think. It's just you would be floored by what I see. Yeah. Because everybody has a different thing. Well, one I heard last week was um that our company gives us a 90 minute playlist and that we have to repeat it every 90 minutes. And that's how like, what? (laughs) Like, I mean, I've heard the corporate thing before and that's, and that's not true either. But like, um, but the reality is you would sit in my office, like with the computer screens that I have in front of me with the real time data. And then also the reports that come in from like the DJs on air that are just doing it old school. Like here's the requests that we got, whatever. And 21 pilots, Imagine dragons, Mm -hmm. you know, like you, that, that's what gets asked for. Like, even when I go on the air and I'll be like, and I talked about this a couple weeks ago, I'm like, all right, we're going to do this like nineties thing. So I want like deeper requests. Like, and some guys like play Soundgarden, rusty cage. I'm like, dude, do no, do better. Like we can, like we have everything. We can play everything right now. I was like, well, that's the one I want. Like, like that's the thing. Like end of the day, like it's hits. People like hits and that's, and that's not my fault. You know what I mean? Like, and that's cool that you guys get to bring those people here. Like they don't understand that like they're getting treated to something. Yeah. Well, and it's like, but the other thing too, like is with a station like the edge, um, you know, where we followed it, like there was a few years where we were like more of a hard rock kind of thing. And, and cause that's what was selling just around here. It was just the locally. It was like, you know, for some reason, like, Godsmack could do no wrong and like and I would sit there every day because it's just not my thing you know like so I my head would be in my hands and I would just be like this is this sucks so much mm-hmm. like like I just like nothing against them they're nice people or whatever but like just like disturbed and all this stuff and I'm just like this just like and I would just like smack myself in the face and be like all right here we go you know like, <laughs> um, and then once we started like sort of seeing the pendulum go back more to like the alt stuff that that really started with the edge um I just got happier professionally. (laughs) Like I was just like, cool. This is like, I love going out and finding bands and like, I like hearing things that people haven't heard yet and then putting it on and seeing how people react to it and then see where it goes from there. But this is the other thing too, is like most of the songs that we put on thinking that people are going to like them, they don't nine out of 10 don't work. Like, so it's like, we put them on and we hope that they're going to be hits, but most of the time they're not. So Mm -hmm. like my batting average is terrible. Like, but most people who do what I do have terrible bat. You just try shit. And if it yeah. doesn't work, you find the next thing, you know, like I went and seen Chris D'Elia, like when he was here mm-hmm. and he was like, you guys halfway cheer for things in Buffalo. He's yeah. like, you're not going all the way. And I, that might be a problem is that like, you know, everybody's such a critic yeah. and it's like, well, who are you? Well, I can yeah. tell you that about do, like just from doing stand up that Buffalo is the best place to start doing stand-up comedy but one of the worst places to do stand-up comedy well if you like, don't go anywhere it, it is it, too it's it, it is um, um <laughs> it's i'm not very well liked by a lot of local guys like i've done some rust belt whatever yeah they they don't they're, they're i don't know i don't like i 
I don't know what it is. You mean like the comics themselves? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, com- comedy, like, it's, you know, like, I have a lot of friends that do it, but, like, it's 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 good for me and a lot of people that I relate to because it's an insulated life. Like, you're alone a lot, yeah. you know? So when you have people that gravitate toward being alone and you force them to be together a lot, it's not going to be great, yeah. you know? Like, it's not... Um, you're not always going to get great results and people get very protective and stuff, but I just mean like the crowds, right? Like in, in, I, I like in starting comedy in Buffalo, like, um, learning to play guitar on a super shitty guitar, right? Like you just, you just like, you have a really bad, like you have a really bad guitar and you try hard enough and you make that bad guitar sound halfway decent. Then you pick up a really nice guitar and you fucking shred, right? Like (laughs) you're just, you kill it. You're like, holy shit. I had no idea I was this good. That's like learning to do comedy in Buffalo and then going to Cleveland and doing a show. Um, it's just, I mean, and they're similar kinds of cities, but it's like people in Buffalo are so cynical and they just, they'll sit in front of you and they'll stare at you and they'll just be like, I'm going to be in the worst mood possible and your job is to break that mood. Whereas if you go anywhere else, almost anywhere else, people go to a comedy club and they're just super stoked to be there. Like oh, yeah. I do more shows in Canada than I do in, in the US and up there and I'm sure it's weed or whatever, but like <laughs> they just like, they're just so like, they're just so relaxed. They sit down, they're smiling, they're drinking, they're like having the best time. Like they don't care what you're going to talk about. They want you to be funny and if you're not funny, you'll know, you know, like, um, but they just, they don't give a fuck what you're talking about like you can tear them apart like most of my act is like this canada thing like that's <laughs> oh, yeah. most of what i talk about on stage now because it's most of what i do you know um but they don't care as long as as long as it's like relatable and funny like they they don't care what i'm doing whereas in buffalo like you make one comment one comment and then it's like they start the fucking let's go Buffalo bullshit. And it's like, and sometimes like on certain shows where they don't know me or whatever, like if I'm just the opening act, I have to be like, I'm fucking from here. Like (laughs) Jesus Christ. I did a show in Niagara Falls and um, I talked about how, um, that it was that it was like walking through an episode of Scooby Doo, right? <laughs> and pe- like it's just an offhand account, and they the crowd that was there was fucking livid. And I spent like six minutes being like, I'm like I'm here every other day, like that's why <laughs> I stayed like, here, oh man. Oh my god, that's like, why I know. I live here. That's why I know this shit. And then it's like then they like chill out and they're like, oh, and it's like then I get pissed. Then I'm like, fuck you. <laughs> I went after Jim know? Kelly one night. Oh god, <laughs> Ooh, <Whoa>. Jim. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't know his brother was at the Lennox Hotel. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh my God, that, it was bad. How'd that go? I, I the what? Hunter joke did not go over well. <laughs> Can well, you the, say what it was? Or um, do you not want to? He's got a couple Jim Kelly ones. I, I, I'll tell you the Hunter one after. Okay. I, I, All right, good. I'll, I'll, tell, I'll tell you the one that I did after. <laughs> <laughs> but he didn't sign my football for Donia at training camp. Really? So it all went back to that. Yeah. Like, fuck Jim Kelly. Kind of a dick move. You know, yeah. he, you know threw people downstairs remember all that (laughs) (laughs) so i really went after it yeah yeah and uh my buddy had to go start the car oh man so so you can't back off either right no like you can't you can't be like oh sorry i didn't know his brother's there but he wasn't my bad yeah 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 like you have to commit to it that that's tough i wouldn't i i would leave (laughs) i'd be like all right bye beelined it (laughs) beelined it straight through the thing yeah oh man his brother had the car going (laughs) I can't wait. Are we done? Because I want to hear this. <laughs> so you could check out Jimmy uh, at Helium all of July, end of July. End of July. So we do um, The Edge. We do a comedy show at the end of every month. Um, and what I do is um, I just bring a couple comics from out of town um, to do like a show. It's like a Wednesday thing. So it's always super fun. 
um, and we get different like and it's kind of cool like our show it's like it's basically you listen to the edge and you win tickets and we feel it's like 300 people a month so it's 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 like it fills the room which is cool but uh, it's not like this massive big festival type show but like we've put comics on that I've just become friends with from either doing shows in other cities or being on the road with like some of my friends or whatever and then we'll bring them back and like my friend Nathan did our show and it was like a hundred people there, whatever. And then I'm like flipping around TV one day and he's like on fucking Colbert. I'm like, this is so cool. Like, Oh, that makes you feel good. Yeah. It's awesome. Like it's cool now, like with comedy, like I have a lot of friends, um, that are starting to do really well and it's awesome. Like, and you know, and it's, you see him on TV and you see him like on big shows and like, um, and it's really cool to see. Who's your favorite guy out there though? Right now, oh, I don't know. Um, I'm still like probably always going to be a Bill Burr guy, you yeah, know. He's like awesome. it's, um, um, but I also um, there's guys like Dan Cummins and Mark Norman and um, a lot of those guys that I really like a lot. Um, there's uh, I'm on the spot now, so I can't think of uh, anyone. I but, just you know. <laughs> got back. I took the wife to the Comedy Cellar. We had, oh, is that right? You talk about crowds. That's yeah. that's the crowd you want to go yeah. front row. Everybody howling. Yeah. You got to put your phone in an envelope, mm-hmm. seal it. I, I think it's one of the best clubs I've ever been to, you know? Yeah, except as a comic, like, you go there and you're like, oh, um, you're you're still on the show, so that's good news. You're like, oh, cool. But but, but Chris Rock just showed up, yeah. so he's going to do 10 in front of you. Yeah. And you're like, great. <laughs> cool. Cool. I'll be up, right, you know, and it's like, sure, I'll go up after that. I'm like, no, yeah, that's tough. It's, it's uh, that's like even like on the small level, like here, like um, I, I do a lot of shows with Rob Lederman here and like, like he's just been here so long and people love him. Right. Oh, people yeah. love that guy. He's a great guy. He like helps me with comedy a lot and stuff, you know, um, and but like he goes up and he always like he likes to go first. So like he smashes part on the part. Yeah, and he does he ta- like the the crowds they know him, they've listened to him forever and they they like him and like and me like on stage like I'm quieter, like I'm really weird on stage, like I I hold the mic stand close, I look down, I don't inflect, I'm not super engaging, I don't talk to the crowd, I just do my shit, right? So like following him is fucking awful sometimes because you're just like, fuck, because like you go up and they're all just like, you know, I did one show with him where like I went up on the stage and it was a, it was his club. So it's a smaller room. And like the people in the front are just like, the first thing the guy says is like, doesn't get any better than that. And I'm like, what's up? What's up? You want to hear how I don't really like Canada? <laughs> Pretty good. Pretty good. My daughter kind of sucks. Yeah. Let's talk yeah. about that. We used to go to his club, and uh, he he always knew when we were there. He goes, looks like South Buffalo uh, took the bus here. Like, <laughs> go, there, there's a, it's real chalky back there because we chalk our IDs. It was nice. back in that, that age. Yeah. You know? So he was always cool to us, though. He'd buy us pictures and stuff. Yeah. He's, he's, a, a, great, he's a great dude. He does all those benefits, yep. too. Sure does, I'm sure yeah. you're always with him. Yeah, I do yeah. a lot of those. Yeah. And it's like I, that's the other thing. Like I talk about South Buffalo a lot. And and when I do shows in Buffalo um, and like what I've started doing is I'll ask the crowd beforehand. Normally I don't do that. I usually don't like interact with the crowd very much, but like I'll have to be like, is anyone here from South Buffalo? Because basically what I'm saying is like, get it out of your system. Yeah, (laughs) because I know when I start talking about it and it's like. I, 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 Welcome home, leather nuts. It, it is a fucking. It is, it is, it is every stereotype yeah. that this fucking neighborhood has, and it's like Tina Janik still a slut. Like I yeah. know, I fucking know. Like, um, and my friend, um, do you guys know Greg Bauk? 
Um, yeah, he, I've met him before. Yeah. He worked. He worked in like uh, at GR Radio for a long time, and he's a stand-up comic too. And he's from South Buffalo. In fact, he's the youngest of seven kids. I'm the youngest of seven kids. We grew up four streets apart. Like our parents were friends, and like our lives have followed this odd, similar path. Um, but we're still really close friends, and um, we do a lot of shows together too. And we'll we'll do like the Edge Nights at Helium or whatever, and we'll just both be like the South Buffalo stuff is going to be because you can watch people walk in with like four beers in there. Uh-huh, and they're, yeah. And they're just like, they like, dude, it is like you, South Buffalo. Like, like these are shows on Wednesday nights in downtown Buffalo. I'm not joking. Like where you look outside before the show and there's people fucking drinking in the parking lot <laughs> and you're like, Oh fuck. They I, got you know, a shamrock like, on the back uh, of the they, car. Oh, they sure do. They sure <laughs> do. And they got the fucking Celtic cross tattoo thing. And you're just like every, you're just like, Oh man. And like, but like on, on the spirit of that, you're like, that's awesome. Cause that's what this yeah. neighborhood's about. Right. And like, that's cool. You know, but you don't want them at a show. <laughs> yeah. You don't ever want them at a show, especially if you're going to talk about something they relate to because they're not going to shut up. Like no more people get thrown out of my shows than South Buffalo people. And yeah. It's like, and most of the time they're not being assholes. They just can't control themselves once they start the fucking yippy stuff. Like <laughs> it's insane. It's insane because like, and I get really specific in this, in this line of material that I do. Like I do a whole thing just about, the, the, cause I grew up down the street from the Irish center. Right. And it's like, and I'm, you know, my family's not Irish. So it's like, so it's like growing up like on this alien planet, like <laughs> where like my dad, I just, I have vivid memories of my dad just being like, like just asking questions to the open air being like, why do they do this? Like, <laughs> why? What? I don't, you know, like my dad, he just didn't understand it. And so like, we didn't understand it. We just like watch these people like find these like insane reasons just to get fucked up. That's yeah, all it was about. It's a tradition to get, just get blasted. Just get, yeah. It's just, Talk about what Paul Kane said about the parade. Uh, he, he's just said it's people hanging out on the corner. Boozing. What the parade? Yeah. The, oh, the I saw. I, parade. Oh, the either parade. Yeah, like they're yeah. not even parades. <laughs> like, have you ever seen a float in any one of those things? No. It's, it's just, just like, people fucking getting hammered and walking down the street. City like, apparatus. Like, yeah. It's hey. uh, the ward parade's my favorite though. I like that parade a lot oh, because yeah. um like there's a lot of irony in it. <laughs> it's like it's like we're going back to the old neighborhood, the one that our grandparents fled as fast as they could. <laughs> So we're going to slowly walk back to Hamburg the same way that they took. <laughs> Fucking like, oh, like, and it's like, I was like the war parade. We're going back to the old neighborhood. I'm like, oh, really? You're going to be there after 6 p.m.? Fuck no. Yeah. Like, okay, cool. Go Good to see you. <laughs> What's the thing they do in Cass Park now? It's like in the oh, summer. Irish Fest. Irish, Irish Fest. Oh, oh, yeah. So I've seen videos of that. <laughs> That's, I mean... I uh, will invite you to our yeah. tent this year. You guys do it? We're going to do it this year. Count me in. Yeah. Oh, I'm, awesome. I'm for sure coming. Yes. <laughs> awesome. Okay. Well, yeah. now we'll, we have a reason to do it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You want to talk before. about people watching. I mean, it's a great event and it's free. Like, they don't charge anything. I mean, you got to buy beer and stuff, but yeah. to watch the people smuggle their beer in. Yeah. And they, they, they send them to one corner of the park yeah. with the shittiest view. So it's like the Seneca Street. Mm-hmm. Right? <laughs> That's the thing, because like, like we know what we're, we can just say yeah, it. We yeah. all know what we're talking yeah. about. Like it's uh, because it, I grew up, I grew up on the Seneca side, right? Like so, um, um, I know, I know who we are. <laughs> it's like it's just funny, like a festival like that, um, to see like the Seneca kids of all ages. Um, and the Abbott people like all converging because it's like that that shouldn't be happening at all. Like, and it's that's not. Why they, well, that's why they got rid of the carnival. <laughs> oh, yeah, the, the, car- the carnival yeah. is the best. 
Holy yeah, shit. I it's, just, what it's I don't the understand. stuff of mythological legend. Yeah. Oh, the Kaz Carnival was amazing. Like, I used to think that that thing was, like, everywhere. And then, like, they're like, nope, that's only, that's here. Like, <laughs> like you could probably permanently install the Gravitron or whatever, like, in those Def Leppard Coke mirrors or whatever. whatever break break these balloons to win feathered roach clips. <laughs> right, right. And somehow they found unbreakable balloons. Like, like hold on a second. I've actually stabbed this with a knife and it still hasn't broken. What have you done? We know guys that hung out at the park side, and they broke in there and stole the donkeys one night. Really? Wow. We started riding them through South Buffalo. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah. That doesn't even make me upset. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, that's Going sweet. on the slide, the big yeah, slide. The big slide. Oh, With yeah. the donkeys? That'd be sweet. The, the, yeah. <laughs> I'd, I'd, wait, I'd walk them up there. They're like, what do you guys smell? They came back. They're like, oh, we were playing with the donkeys. <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing. You talk about, like, a lot of people that meet us, they're like, are you Canadian? And doesn't it get you mad because of our accent? Sometimes? Yeah. Sometimes they think that. Yeah. Have you been running into that going up and down? Um, so like I yeah, but I embrace it. I love it. Like I I love that we're like South Toronto or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> the, we're like half bred. You know, like, yeah. It's yeah. um, you know, let's face it. In the in the global sphere of things, uh, being aligned with Canada isn't the worst thing to be right now. You yeah. know, um, and like. For me, I've just always loved Canada. I've always loved going there. I always had the most fun there. Um, as you get older, obviously, it's the first place you go and have actual fun mm -hmm. in your life, yep. like the whole 19 thing or whatever else may or may not happen up there. Mm -hmm. um, and um, as far as, like, the accents and things like that, like, I don't know. Like, I'm around a lot of places now. I do a bunch of traveling, and, you know, I don't see a thicker accent anywhere in the world than in Chicago. Like, oh, yeah. it's just yeah. – it's – I've never heard a thicker Buffalo accent than in Chicago, you know, and then, and then to a lesser extent, like Milwaukee and then Buffalo, like it's pretty prevalent here as well. But like, um, it, you know, it's funny because I like, I'll say a, a lot cause I meant to do it like ironically and then it became habit and I'm like, fuck, yeah. um, you know, but like when you go up there, like they don't, they don't confuse it at all. Like they, they, Oh, they know. They can sniff us out. You yeah. know, they're like. Well, I think the Buffalo uh, A is right. Oh yeah, <laughs> absolutely. And we certainly we use guys it up. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, we sure do. Yeah. We sure do that a lot. You know, like use guys I'm like oh fuck. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I know. It's right. The same yeah. Thing. Yeah. It's the same thing. And uh, I feel like I don't know if this is like a, a Buffalo thing as much as it's like a lesser educated thing, but like we tend to end our sentences and prepositions quite a oh, bit. Yeah. We do the, where are you going to be at? You know, <laughs> like we do that a lot. I noticed. And, um, Canada sort of picks up on that too, but like Canada now, like I, that's another thing too. Like I always, when I talk about going to Canada a lot, I always forget that like half the people that I'm talking to in Buffalo can't go, <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> like, Oh yeah, that, um, but like, it's stupid fun. Like it is just, they're like they've just embraced being fun at everything and it's not just toronto either it's like i'm in like st Catharines and hamilton a lot and like over as far as like ottawa and places like that and it's just like it's just these places that are just spilling out of people having fun doing everything and you're just yeah. like holy shit this is what happiness is like because i don't know any of that like i don't and i don't know if it's like i think part of it is like i think it's more of a buffalo thing but now it's sort of becoming like a whole like american thing um but like we are just like we're just so paranoid. Like we're a super paranoid city. Like we think everyone's got it in for us. We think everyone's going to talk bad about like, it's like, this is kind of a cool place. And if you just didn't give a shit, it would be way cooler, you know, mm, but like, but they don't there. It's just, uh, Jimmy VC didn't want to come here. It's like, oh, shut the fuck up. Yeah. Oh my God. 
It's like, the, the that Jersey twenty-one-year-old kid wanted to go to New York City. What an asshole he is! It's like, yeah, he's a real fucking problem. <laughs> yeah, we got to get over the sports in this town. And I think we've been, you know, Mark's a dad. I'm gonna be a dad. I, uh, I think that we really have to stop focusing on sports. There's other things out there. Don't well, you think? Yeah, especially if the sports aren't gonna be good. Exactly. Ever. Like, <laughs> ever. like I don't know. Like I think about that too. Like, um, the guys like that work higher up in the company that I work for, they'll always talk about like Buffalo and they're like, they're like, well, Buffalo is one of the 32 most important cities in the world. Like it's, it's, there's 32 global cities and they are NFL cities. So if you're one of those cities, whether you're Dallas or green Bay or New York or Buffalo, you are a global city. Your people know who you are and what you're doing. And I'm like, yeah, but in a place like Buffalo, that might not be good, you know, because it's like, you, I would rather people come here to like an expanded and invested in theater district than come for a football game and see a half dead downtown, Mm -hmm. you know, because like, cause we're not fucking Dallas, you know, like, um, so it's like that being on that stage might not be the best thing for a city like this, especially as it's trying to grow again and get its shit together. And it's like, you know, nobody's talking shit about Richmond, Virginia. You know what I mean? Like it's just sitting there or Memphis. Like these yeah. are, these are smaller cities in Buffalo and they're just flying under the radar and like, Oh yeah, they're just whatever. Like nobody like has these like really harsh opinions about them. Like people have harsh opinions about this city. Like people have never been here. And like, and like I said, I travel a lot and it's like, it's, it's the first thing that happens. I'll be in new Orleans. Cause I work there four times a year and um, I'll go there and they'll be like, Oh, where are you from? I'll be like Buffalo. And it's always, Oh yeah, right. Oh, yeah. Buffalo. Like, and it's, you know, the dumb shit. It's the Super Bowl stuff or whatever. And it's, it's like, I'm like, yeah. The you tables. Know. Yeah. The, well, that, I mm. see, I think that's kind of cool. Um, <laughs> cause, um, or the stupid chicken wing thing or whatever. Like, um, but I was like in DC. I was in DC with my sister um, a few weeks ago. And she introduced me to one of her friends. She's like, oh, my brother's from Buffalo. And her friend is just like, oh, man, I'd love to go watch a hockey game there. It's like, that seems like such a cool place to watch hockey. And I was like, oh, my God, I'm so happy. <laughs> like, you didn't say chicken wings. You yeah. didn't say Super Bowls. And you didn't say snow. Like, yeah. And then you didn't want to so let them down that the arena's dull just, and just it's awful. every rich kid. Every like, rich yeah. kid's son is yeah. sitting there with his new girlfriend. Yep, just, and yeah. it's like Tinder date. Yep. Nobody cheers. Nope. They need to give a whole section to people that just can't afford the ticket uh-huh. and just be like, if you come and just be rowdy. You know, please fill in this whole section. Well, and that, I mean, you have a whole city loaded with that person, right? Yeah. Like, and that's, yeah. but like, nobody wants it. That's a weird thing. Like, you see it at yeah. the football games. Like, you know, like, well, we got these more family friendly sections. Like, well, I mean, like, they tell Mark people, to sit down. Do people ask for that? Do people ask for more family friendly stuff? No. Like, no, not really. And it's like, I'll tell you, like, for me, I would never bring my daughter to a football game. No. I just would I never did bring it once her. And it wasn't, it wasn't um, a good time. Yeah. You know, like, I just, I wouldn't, like, you know, I don't fucking I don't need the first time my daughter sees a dick to be at a football stadium (laughs) on the the seat next to her. You know what I mean? Like, and and I certainly don't need to be there for it. You know, like I don't I don't want anything to do with that. Right. Like, but it's like but it's like I'm just I'm just not going to take her. Like, I'm just going to make the decision to not take her. I'm going to go to games with my friends and I'm going to act like an asshole and have fun. And because that's what football games are supposed to be for. Like, but then so I made that decision, you know, like and and so I know what I'm getting into. I know what I'm going to avoid. And I have friends that have like their dad started taking them when they were seven years old and they've been tailgating every day since. And, you know, they're super successful people, (laughs) like well adjusted. Like it's like it's it's supposed to be fun. And they're like they're sucking the fun out of it. Are you amazed that nobody's 
died through a table yet, but aren't you secretly rooting for it? Because <laughs> that, that, so it ends. I don't know how, where I'm at. I'm, I'm, I'm all about the one-upsmanship of it. Yeah. Like, I'm like the first time I saw somebody like light the table on fire, and then I was like, here we go. <laughs> I was like, good. it's finally gonna happen. And it's like, well, what's next? Like, what's gonna like, you know, fucking angry dogs. Like, and we're just gonna <laughs> slam through them. The dogs are gonna attack the person, and it's gonna be great. And so I don't know, like, what, like, as long as they keep one-upping it. Like I'm here for it because they're like, not going to stop it. I don't care what they no. say. No, they're not going to stop it. Well, if yeah. they if people have to go and have a fucking table party in the McKinley Mall before the game, they're going to do that. <laughs> like all they're doing is like yeah. it's yeah, that's they're not going to stop it. And it's like even if like they put the stadium downtown or whatever, people are going to find their places to do it. Like yeah. it's just it's just part of it now. Are you hoping for a stadium downtown? Yeah, I think so. I think um, everybody is. I think like you know the stuff that I hear is no different than the stuff anybody hears, but like you start getting an imagination about it of what it could be of like, Oh shit. Like, so if they build a football stadium and it attaches to like some convention center that hooks up to the hockey arena and like, now you've got this holy fuck thing down there yeah, and now you're poaching convention business and you know, all of these things too. Like that doesn't seem impossible to me. Um, but at the same time, it's like, you know, when people are like, well, you know, our stadium's good where it is. That's probably true, but you don't get to have an NFL football team then. Like, like that league has made it perfectly clear. Like, you yeah. build the new st- – we don't want your retrofitted bullshit. Like, you bu- you're not Lambeau Field. Like, mm-hmm. you know, you build a new stadium or the team's going away. Like, I mean, if San Diego isn't keeping a team, you really think they're going to really keep one in Buffalo yeah. in that stadium? Nope. Yeah. You know, so it's like that's the cost of doing business. So it's like whenever anybody's like, well, we should have a discussion about that. Like, well, the discussion's going to be do you want the team or not? You know, yeah. like if you want the team, you pay whatever it is like. And I don't I don't know. Like, I don't think this city is going to be like a PSL city, um, but I think it's going to be an extra tax kind of thing. And I think people are probably actually going to be fine with it. You yeah. Know? Who like, cares? Who cares? Whatever. We we heard it's going to go where the Buffalo News is and the Buffalo News is going to go bye bye. Um, I heard that it's. um. The whole thing is going to start in that parking lot um, that's right across from Helium, like in between mm-hmm. the casino and Helium. Oh, okay. And then it's going to go over into that news parking lot that that's going to be a part. That's going to be like the convention center part of it. And then that's going to um, footbridge over into the arena as well. So as far as like the news building going away, like I don't know a ton about it, but I know that this is a city loaded with preservation lawsuits. Oh. And that building is like one of the first public like they call it brutalist style or whatever uh, it's like one of the first um public media brutalist buildings which to you and you and me we go great tear it down that's stupid yeah but they fucking they keep that shit yeah. like it's the weirdest it's the weirdest yeah. thing we went there to record with uh, a comedian uh jason uh cool (laughs) (laughs) so we went to that building it was like super 80s it was all nobody works there no everything's abandoned yeah but uh yeah the guy forgot to push record apparently 103 podcasts we we killed it (laughs) yeah yeah we were like the best one ever not not recorded shit (laughs) we're like what the fuck is going on here you know what you know what really happened is kim goes i want right there (laughs) yeah So, so you like at 103, did you like what was your break? Did you like you obviously connected with these guys somehow? Was it through the comedy? Was it just personality based or was it? Um, they like Shred and Reagan, first of all, like they're just um, 
like I said, they're really good people. Like anybody who comes through those doors, it's like, how can we help you? Well, how can we make this a good internship or a good experience? Or even if you're just visiting, how do we make this a good thing for you? Like, they're just like that. Um, and then it was like, um, I think for me with them, it was kind of a chemistry thing, like particularly like w with writing, like when I would start writing material and I'd be really shy about it. You know, I'd write a bit and I'd be like, I'd, like after the show, I'd show Reagan. I'd be like, well, I wrote this kind of thing. And like, he'd laugh and I'd be like, okay, good. I'm done. That's enough for me. Like, <laughs> I'm going home. Goodbye. You know, and he's like, no, well, let's produce it. Let's get voices and let's do, you know, and it's like, really? <laughs> you know, like, um, so I think a lot of it was that, like, it just sort of like, the stuff that they were doing at the time, um, I fit in with it. And I, and you know, the other stuff is like pretty, like I did a lot of voices, you know, then I used to do, and I, I did impressions and like, and I don't do them now because it's embarrassing, but, um, but like I used to do, you know, used to do them on the phone then too, which is a lot co yeah. covers up for them not being great. <laughs> um, but like at the time, like George W. Bush. Right. And I did a George W. Bush. So like, cool. It's, it's like a free gig, you know, like they were going to have me on every week as long as I came up with something because I could do that voice. Um, and then I, um, the big thing with them where they were just like, we're always going to have your back is I prank called Janet Snyder. <laughs> oh yeah. Um, this was good. And I pretended to be a hockey player <laughs> and I was on the air with her for seven minutes. <laughs> they just, they never caught on. They never for a second thought I wasn't who like, and this is what I'm thinking. Like, I'm like, this is like, this is how evil people do fucking evil shit. Like, um, because <laughs> what I realized about it was like, holy shit. If you ever want to just fucking trick someone, don't go too big. Just don't go, just go somewhere like right in the, like the upper bottom. Like, and it's just what I did was like, they were doing this, like we need famous people to call us and like all that shit. And I was just like, should I call up and be like, I'm the fucking bass player in Dave Matthews band or something like <laughs> see what that, but I ended up doing, like I said, I was, I said I was Rhett Warner, this guy. Was That's like, a yeah, I remember. And so I said I was him and they just put me right through. And I remember I was in our studio and this is all important stuff. Cause this is all why I got in a ton of trouble for it. Um, because I use our facilities. Like oh. that was a huge, huge problem. Um, because I recorded it on our end and didn't record their air. I like, I recorded it and, um, and in use hours, but also we recorded from a radio. We recorded Kiss and then oh, played theirs. Man. So how like how most people would hear it? That's a huge no no because we didn't play our recording. We played theirs. Uh, Big no no. Big oh, fuck. I got in so much trouble. <laughs> um, like so I did, but like I'm there whole time and like and I don't know how, but I just sort of held it together. Like I had no plan. I expected to get thrown off in ten seconds. Like once yeah. once the first thing I said or whatever, because um, I think the first thing I said was like. Um, um, you sound a lot older than I thought you were. It's like what I said to her. Like it was what Rhett Warner <laughs> oh said to her. God. And she was just like, you'd be surprised. And like, and I'm just like, Oh my God, she's so dumb. Like she's playing this is the worst. Like, um, and I just kept going and like, and I'm like, and the guy, Tim, I was telling you about, he was like in the room with me. And I'm like, they're not stopping. He's like, keep going. And I'm like, all right. And then I started talking about how awesome Shred and Reagan were. Like, I'm like, yeah, she's, she's like, cause she asked like a moron. She's like, um, she's like, you listen to us every morning, don't you? And I was like, nope. <laughs> I was like, why would I do that? And I'm like, I like Shred and Reagan. They're so great. And, and I wouldn't stop talking about how great they were. And at no point was she like, this guy's probably an asshole who works for them. She was trying to talk me out of it. She's like, well, we do a lot of great stuff too, right? <laughs> like, I bet you do. Sure. It's probably great. 
Um, and then finally, um, I, I ended up hanging up on them. Like they never fit. I'm like, I'm like <laughs> the uh, one famous person called was Rhett. Warner. I was like, I gotta go. I, I'm like, <laughs> I, I'm, like, I'm not Rhett Warner. So sorry. And I, that was it. And so we played it and then tried like, they were laughing their asses off about it. Like the feedback was unbelievable and then nothing. Right. Just, I was like, cool. Like I'm a super popular guy. Like people are like walking through our building, be like, I heard that. That's amazing. And I'm like 20. I'm like, this is so <laughs> awesome. Um, and then like the next day, the general manager of our station at the time, like called all of us in oh. and was like pointed right at me and goes, he's fucked. <laughs> and I was like, me? <laughs> what did I do? And then they go through all of it. Like they're like, here's why they're pissed. Like, um, you recorded them without their consent. Um, you aired their broadcast. It's all this other like, um, and so the fucking weird ass loophole that got me out of all of it was that in New York State, um, it's this is what it did. It holy shit. <laughs> do you remember that TV show Cranky Anchors? Yeah, yeah. So that's what saved my life. No way. Because all of the Cranky Anchors were recorded in New York City and in Nevada. Because New York State and Nevada are the only two places where only one party has to be aware of a recording. Yep. That's it. Just those two places. Anywhere else, it has to be both parties aware. Wow. In New York and in Nevada, only one party has to be aware. And that's what saved my ass. Wow. So um, Is that so, still true to this day? To this day, yeah. Wow. I, di I direct messaged OJ. <laughs> <laughs> Invited him on. Yeah, why not? Talk about uh, naked gun movies. Why not? OJ's, you know, he's... <laughs> fucking looking for shit to do it's i'm friends with tim graham and he's he does stuff on the sports station that we have and like he's pops by and he's just like hey oj's coming on and i was like shreds impression <laughs> it's like no oj oj's gonna come on i'm like what he's really, really on the pr tour here yeah oj and he had oj on and i'm just sitting i'm like oh shit and then oj like what a delusional motherfucker He's just like, well, I think the bills could be. I'm like, you killed people. <laughs> like, why would you ever think that people want to talk about anything but the fact that you right. killed people? Even the people that support him are like, yeah, but you killed people. Yeah. Like, I want to talk about how you got away with it. It's amazing. <laughs> like, holy shit. Well, Jim, you, you tell him you're, he thinks the son did it. Yeah. Still? <laughs> I don't know. I I, w I was off in a, a wormhole one night. Yeah. I'm glad this reading. is OJ and not 9/11. All right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Either one or the other with Jim. <laughs> he wore those caps. Mm -hmm. You know. I I don't know. Like he wasn't on his meds. Mom didn't meet him at the restaurant where she said he was gonna, and he was mad. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, don't I I, I it, maybe it's just because Juice is coming around and he's being nice. You're like, there's no way he did. And then yeah. you're like. Of course he fucking did it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, he definitely did it. <laughs> like, there's uh, you know, the stuff like um, the Made in America one. The, the, that yeah, that, that's the one. Like, I mean, obviously, I was I thought he did it the whole time, but when they're like, this is like the irrefutable, irrefutable DNA proof that he did it, and you're just like, holy shit, they fucked that up so bad. Like, yeah. like, cause there's just no way he couldn't have done it. Like, mm -hmm. just right away, the limo driver. That first night, the lim that's it. That's case closed right there. Right. The limo driver being like, yeah, he got in two hours late and he had fucking blood on yeah, him. Yeah, he had blood <laughs> like, on his hands. Like, oh, you, yeah. And you got to love that he pops back up on his first uh, tweet 
saying he didn't fuck the Kardashian. Like that, that's <laughs> yeah. not my daughter. Yeah. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> like, really? Is, where, is this real? There's a uh, there's a parody Twitter account that takes every video that OJ posts and just puts a knife in his hand. <laughs> so they don't they don't change anything about the video. It's just that it, everything he says just got a knife in his hand the whole time. And is- I was actually in uh, Miss Lyon's art class when the verdict came in. Oh, really? Yeah. Wow. Did they stop everything? And they like, did. Like it's when I was in college by then, and they wouldn't. They're just like I. We skipped all of it. Everybody skipped class. Yeah. Because everyone's got to watch this. Yeah. Like, yeah. They stopped the whole day. Yeah. For it. Sure. Sure. Of course. It's uh. You know. A lot of grunting going. On. <laughs> yeah. And those always. Are yeah. you kidding me? Well, uh, it's September 11th, we got ST- <laughs> STPs coming to the area. <laughs> yeah. Well, so what was the first time that you were uh, you were like starstruck? Like, because you're in a radio station, you had people all the time. Yeah. Um. I don't know. I don't know. Like, for me, um, you know, like some, you know, it's not even about like necessarily meeting people because I'm too awkward for that. I don't really like that. For me, like it's the things where you're just like fish out of water things like Gord Downey hanging out at our building, like just like sitting, sitting around what like a, what a presence. Yeah. Right. Like, and you're just, just like just, just hanging out and you're just like, you know, it's one thing to go to a show and be able to go backstage and meet these people or, or, or do an interview or get them, you know, whatever you're doing. But like when they're just there hanging out and they're going to like play acoustic for a little bit and you're just like, Holy shit, this is like, this is my job, Fuck, you cool. know, like, mm-hmm. like, I don't know. Like we had Jimmy world the other day and like, I'm like, they're in my office. Like that's so fucking, fucking dope, awesome. you know, like, um, but otherwise, like some of it is like, I don't, I don't care all that much. Um, I think I'm probably more about like the comics, um, than I am the bands, you know, like w- when, when comics come through, um, you know, and, and it can be any level where you're just like, I don't know, like fucking silent Bob's hanging out. And you're, just <laughs> like, you're like, that's kind of cool. Yeah, <laughs> you know, awesome. like, and that's literally all you do. Like, like with people, like you, people just like, there's people in our building that freak out and they like selfie and all that shit. Most of us are just like, that's pretty sweet. You yeah. know, like, and that's all you do, you know, but it's, um, you know, I, anything from like, you know, I've had like weird experiences where it's like, I don't necessarily think of them often, but I'm like, Oh yeah, I guess that's, I guess that was pretty awesome. Like fucking going to a baseball game in Chicago and a friend of a friend knows a guy. So we're like hanging out in the dugout after the game and there's Eddie Vedder, you know, like just hanging out. And then like, and then you get these great stories, which are like, Oh, and he turned out to be the nicest fucking guy, you know? Really? And you're like, yay. Oh my God. Cause that's the most important part because so many people are fucking assholes and you're just like, Oh, you know, like, and you, it just ruins everything. Like, you know, it's like, oh, Green Day, do you have to be such dicks? Like, do you have to be such assholes? Are they like, assholes? Yep. Oh, really? Sure are. <laughs> sure are, you know? Um, and it's like, and it's not one of those things where you're like, must have caught them on a bad day. You're like, no, actually, this is they're like this. You know, and then the thing is, too, like, you start liking bands that you might not like. Yeah, because, because they're, they're nice. Because they're really good people. And that was like, that's always my Linkin Park example. Like... I have no business liking anything that that band has ever recorded ever. <laughs> um, and, and I, and I more or less don't, but they've always been among the nicest people we've ever dealt with in any way, shape or form. So it's like, cool. Eddie Vedder. How did that happen? Um, so I, I went to, I went to Chicago years ago um, because Soundgarden was getting back together and I'd never seen Soundgarden. I was like, I want to see Soundgarden. So like I called their record label and I was like, can we, can I go to that? And they're like, yes. And so it was part of like Lollapalooza stuff. And then everybody was like all buzzing about it because 
um, Eddie Vedder was there that weekend. Everyone was convinced that Eddie Vedder was going to show up at the Soundgarden show, which he did not, by the way. So it was like a whole weekend of people disappointed. Um, but I'll tell you this, like, um, she was like just getting famous at the time. Like she was pretty well known, but like, but Lady Gaga was there and mm. was like by far the most unbelievable thing I'd ever seen. Like, really? like holy shit. It was like fucking, it was like a whole punk rock set. Like she was incredible. And like people were just like, holy shit, she's good. Really? Um, but so one of the days me and my friends were like, well, I, you know, let's go to a Cubs game. So we did. And it was like the Cubs and the Reds were playing and Eddie Vedder did take me out to the ball game on that, yeah. on that game. We're like, Oh, that's pretty cool too. And my friend Mike was friends with this guy, Bronson Arroyo, who used to pitch for the Reds. Yeah. Um, and so he's like, uh, he pitched that game. And then afterwards, he's like, hang out. So um, he's like, oh, do you want to hang out after? I was like, yeah, I've always, <laughs> always wanted to meet Bronson Arroyo. <laughs> <laughs> Check that off the list. And he's like, you asshole. Um, so, so we're just like hanging out after and Bronson Arroyo comes in. He's really nice, you know, and he's just like, oh, good to see you, you know, talking to my buddy Mike and stuff like that. And there's like a, a few people around and some of his friends and stuff. And I'm like looking down the dugout and I tap my friend Mike. I was like, I was like is that Eddie Vedder? And he's like, he looks and he's like, yeah, because he used to work for their old record label. And he's like, yeah, that's him. And I was like, oh, wow, that's wild. And I've always liked Pearl Jam. Never loved them. Never like they didn't change my <laughs> life. Nothing like that. Just I was just like, oh, it's Eddie Vedder, though. Um, and uh, Bronson Roy was like, Ed, Ed, come out. <laughs> and I was like, man, that's just called him Ed. Just called him Ed. I'm like, that's pretty cool. And he comes out and he was just like super nice. There was like maybe five people around and he's like being super nice to everyone. And he was hammered. Um, <laughs> but like, like in the best way, like he was just so like affable, like just so nice. And like, um, the things that stuck out to me about it were like, he was paying attention to every word that whoever was talking was saying. Like if there was like two people talking and somebody was talking, he was just like, nope, you are not interrupting. I am paying attention. And like, and I was like, wow, that's pretty interesting. And so, and he was holding these books and I was like, and I said to him, I was like, why, why do you have those? And he's like, and he like almost excited that I asked. I was like, that's cool. Um, and he's like, well, here's my notebook. He's like, I write stuff. Whenever I have ideas, I write them. And he's like, but he's like, I don't think I'm smart. I don't, I'm not a smart person. He's like, so I have a dictionary and a thesaurus. So anytime I think of something, I try to think of a better way to say what I thought of because I don't think my thoughts are good enough to write down. So I try to think of, so I look up words all the time. And I was like, that's so cool. <laughs> wow. Like, you know, and he was just, and again, he was just really, he's like, well, guys, I got to go. Nice, you know, good to see you. Take care, you know, Just whatever. to take me like, out to the ball game and yeah, 50 like drinks. Just, <laughs> yeah, yeah, and just got hammered on wine and whatever, you know. Um, but it was like, and again, it was like one of those things where like, wow, what a super nice guy. And then like, you know, the Our Lady Peace guys, like we've become really tight with them. Like they, they're so nice that they'll do stuff like, like, hey, look, we got a slot on one of our shows. Can you guys come down and do it? Like, yeah, fuck yeah, we'll do that. You know, and it's like, oh, it's a good band I grew up listening to. Like, that's so yeah. cool that they're just mm -hmm. that, you know, and they're just good people like that. And what, when you do that, do they have contracts with the radio station? Is that like how that works or is it, it all just depends. like all personal? There's tons of different ways to do it. Yeah. Um, like with us, um, because I've been here so long and the edge has been around so long. A lot of, we work with like a lot of local promoters and stuff. Um, so they'll, they'll do a lot of, of the business part of it and we'll do a lot of the relationship part of it, the promoting and things like that. Um, other times it is that like there's certain bands where you just go like, Hey, I need you to, I need you to do this. You know, mm -hmm. um, there's other times like where, um, we will, you know, like I'm super tight with the guys in Arkells and you know, it's like, oh, Hey, awesome. Hey, we want to do something dumb. Like, uh, everybody's doing those fucking stupid pink staircase pictures at Masuda Chow's. Why don't we have you guys play there? You know? So they did, they played on the stairs and like, and you know, and we videoed it and it was really fun and you know, that kind of stuff. So, um, those kinds of things we'll do quite a bit. Yeah. 
What's coming up for the edge this summer? Um, we've got our carnival show, which is next week. Um, that's at Riverworks, and that's going to be X Ambassadors and Silver Sun Pickups, who are super, super good. Um, Meg Myers, who I like a lot, and this band, I don't know how, but they found me, which is a cool band name. That's a really good band yeah. name. It's, uh, it's a dude who used to be in Panic at the Disco. It's his new band. Um, but I found out that they call themselves I don't know how, but they found me because of that one line in Back to the Future. Where the Libyans, he's like, oh, yeah, <laughs> he's like, I don't know how, but they found me. <laughs> oh, wow, like, fucking a, that's so that cool. is awesome. You are now my favorite band, man. You got to meet the Those are old ping pong parts. Oh, Tom I mean, Wilson. Yes, yeah, yeah, he's a very nice guy. Very, yeah. Don't ask him about Back to the Future though. Yeah, well, he does the song about yeah, it. Yeah, the song's is, great. Which is super funny. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I've met him. I was a little starstruck with him. Like I, I'll, I'll meet like famous, some famous people. Yeah. like Colin Quinn. I was sure, and I. Uh, but Biff, yeah. and my buddy goes, you're my favorite actor. He looks at him and he goes, I've been in three of the same movies, you asshole. <laughs> but he was, Freaks in, and Geeks? he was in Freaks and Geeks. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, like, that's, that's, that's awesome. where I think of him from. Yeah. But, uh, but Colin Quinn, is like he's one of the nicest human beings ever. Yes. Um, I got to open for him in uh, uh, three different casinos like across the, across the state. And when we did the Niagara Falls Casino here, they were like, uh, they were like oh, um, we don't have a, a house um, – MC, we don't have a, a house person, so um, we have a mic on the side of the stage. We're gonna have you intro yourself, and then you go out and walk out. And I was like, okay, whatever, that's fine. And Colin Quinn was standing next to me. He's like, are you kidding me? He's like, you want a fucking professional comedian to do his own intro? He's like, <laughs> fuck that. He's like, that's ins-, you know. And so Colin Quinn did my intro for me. What? Wow. Which was so cool. That like I was awesome. like, holy shit, man. He, they like, look up to him, the New York comics. Yeah, well, yeah. And it's not just because he's a really great comic. It's just one of those things where it's like. He's a really good person. Yeah. Like, it's that's what it, it always comes back. Like, there's really great comics who are fucking dickbags, and people hate them, and nobody looks up to them, and nobody wants anything to do with them because they're just fucking assholes, and all they want to do is tear people down. And then there's other people who are great comedians but also take a whole lot of pride in helping people. And, like, Colin Quinn's one of those people, and, like, you know, just from my slight experience, Jim Norton's one of those people. Yeah. Where it's just, like, he's he'll do, like, you can email him. I opened for him, what, five years ago. And I could email him now and be like, hey, I got a question about some material I'm writing. He'll send notes, you know, like he's just like Greg Giraldo is one of the nicest, you know, like um, that I worked with. I did a, I did a casino show with him and um, I was super nervous because he was like one of my favorite comics at the time. You know, I'm like, I just, I'm like, I just don't want to suck, you know, um, and he was standing on the side of the stage and I went and I did my set um, and it went OK. It went fine or whatever. Um, and I'm coming off and he grabs me and I like he watched my whole set. I was like, holy shit. I'm like, if I knew that, I would have freaked the fuck out. Like, and he's like, you're not leaving, are you? I was like, no, they gave me a dressing room. Why would I not stay? I'm like, I don't ever get one of these. I'm staying here until they make me leave. Um, he's like, all right, cool, cool. I'm going to do my set and then hang out. So I went back down and I'm sitting in my dressing room. And then after the show, Greg Geraldo comes in like, and he's like, he's like, hey. Um, and he pulls out a piece of paper and he had made notes on my whole set. I was like, holy wow. shit. So he sits down with me and goes through my whole set with me. He's like, this is what I kind of thought about this. And you might want to try this. And I'm just like, and I couldn't believe I even remembered anything he said. Cause I was just like, what the fuck? You know, like <laughs> just amazing. And there's like this one joke that I do that like people hate, but he loved. So he's like, don't ever not do that joke. He's like, always do that joke. I don't care who gets pissed off. Just always do that joke. And it's this weird fucking Hitler joke that I do. <laughs> and, um, and it, and it's, and so I'll do it. And people like club owners, like in Pennsylvania and places like that will be like, I don't think you should do that joke anymore. I'll be like, well, Greg Geraldo liked it. So I'm going to keep doing it. <laughs> like, you know, Have you like, ran into a lot of the, the PC, uh, comedy 
Yeah. Owners, I, I well, I mean comedy club owners. I don't like my stuff, like I'm not I don't push it. You know, like my stuff is super anecdotal. Like it is all about like me and my life or whatever and it's story based and like and I don't really like I'll say stuff or whatever, but it's like I don't I'm not gross or anything like that. I don't do anything mm-hmm. like that. Um but y- you know, you'll do colleges now. And colleges are super intense. They'll be like, you know, we need to approve your whole set word for word. And you've never run into that before, you know. Um, Catholic colleges, like you can't, you can't even say the word ass, you know, like they just nothing. Um, And then there's some clubs, you know, that, that are like, you know, we want you to be PG on the early show and do whatever on the late show. And, and that's fine. That's what it usually is. Mm -hmm. Um, And for me, the only difference between the two is, is just, remembering where I say fuck, you know, like on an early, like, and I just, I say it instead of, um, fuck is my, um, you know (laughs) what I mean? I'll be like, I'm fucking this fucking guy and this fucking, you know, and it's because I'm lazy. Right. Um, and so on earlier shows, I just got to remember not to do that. And then on late shows, who gives a shit, you know, man, that's, that would just be too hard for me. Yeah. Well, it is, it's, you know, it, I, um, I'm, I get the difference between like, good comedians and great comedians and and okay like is is how disciplined can you be that's what it really is and i'm not like i like i have friends who i who i believe are genuinely great comedians um even at different levels and i don't think i'm at that level and i think the reason for that is not that i can't write um is that i'm not a great performer um because i'm not comfortable doing it i'm i'm comfortable writing um and then additionally like i fall in love with my material like when i come up with something and i decide i like it it's staying even when my friends are like you know why don't you try moving this to the back and it's like nope i'm not here for your notes you know what i mean like i I just i get way too committed to my own stuff um and that will hold me back you know like so but it's like i just go whatever i don't care like (laughs) we have that thing because we're we always say like we put things out with rough edges right it's like and that's okay with us because everybody's attention span is too short right and like you you put something out and you maybe you worked on it like we always think like putting out a whole album now is like painstaking work and then you got to promote it yeah. and get it out there it's like insanely hard yeah it's like so we had a guy on and he was just like yeah i kind of know if it sucks and then don't do it right you know and that's just so would you say that's your rough edges or like yeah sure it's yeah that's it's exactly that like i'll i'll write something and i'll do it and i'll go nope they didn't they didn't like that at all <laughs> you know like and it's but I mean, I have friends again who are like j- so much better than I'll ever be. Where where they don't let it go there. They'll be like, no, there's something in this, and I just have to write it this way, and I'm gonna rewrite it. I'm gonna I'm gonna put it in the middle of the set instead of the beginning of the set, and then we'll see what you know. And they they work it, they work it out, and then if it doesn't work, then they still you know. But they explore those angles. For me, it's one and done. If it works, it stays. If it doesn't work, it's gone. Mm-hmm. And if it stays, it stays way too long. <laughs> like I just keep way too much stuff. Have you ever had an agent or is it like just your job kind of affords you? The job affords quite a bit. Yeah. It, it, I mean, you meet a lot of agents, you meet a lot of managers, um, you meet a lot of club owners. Um, and, and then probably the biggest thing for me is getting brought um, by friends. So like if, if one of my friends is booked six colleges over the course of two weeks, he'll be like, do you want to come do these shows with me? Sure. You know what I mean? Um, and that's what I did. I played in a band for a long time. And that's how we that's how we always got our shows was like it was just some other band would be like, hey, we're playing in Pittsburgh. You want to play with us? And then when you guys play Buffalo, you'll bring us. And, you know, it's like, OK, yeah. cool. Yeah, we'll do that. Sure. You know, wow. com- comedies like that in a lot of ways. It's just um, physically easier. You know, like it's 
the my whole thing with playing in a band is like I'm just I'm never carrying an amplifier ever again. I just I just don't want to. <laughs> like <laughs> we're just getting back. We we just yeah. started writing new really? stuff for the. Did you ever hear of the band he's in? Uh, yeah, yeah. He yeah. actually he came said. to the he came yeah. to the boat yard show, which probably the worst one you could have come to. <laughs> we tried to make a set based around you know like a sheltered bunch of people. We're like you know it's like kind of hits, but it's kind of stuff we want to play, yeah. but we've never played it before, you know. But uh, yeah, he he was the judge of yeah. uh, Battle of the Bands. Oh yeah, yeah that's right. Yeah, yeah. Up in I, Niagara Falls. I loved it. Yeah, yeah. I like that band a lot. That was yeah. fun. It's uh, but yeah, I mean, playing in a band now. I mean, you know, it's weird. It's uh, what it's what do you do it for? You know, like it's are you? Why would anyone record more than three songs at a time now? That's you know? yeah. Like, that's what Mark says. And yeah. that's like another thing about this podcast too. It's like we can do it. And we could put it out, and it's got a ton of rough edges. We're not pros, you know, but it's like, you know, you put it out there, and you're just like, well, I hope somebody listens to it. All you have to do is push play. I'm not begging you to buy a ticket right. to my show. Right. I'm not begging you to buy my album. I'm not sitting there at the bar, you know, being like, hey, guys, you know, right. it's like push play if you want. Push right. play, support our sponsors. Yeah. Sit back and And how do learn you something. how do you see podcasts from your view? Now? Um. We take Shred and Reagan every day, and their four-hour show. When it's done, we turn it into a podcast, and um, um, and it's available pretty much everywhere. And since we've done it on the platform that we're doing it now, um, my eyes pop daily with how many times this thing's getting listened to. Really? Um, where you go, like, because because it used to be. You know, you would do their podcast and you just put it on iTunes and hope for the best, you know, and it's like, and you got to hope that everyone's on iTunes and now less and less people are on Apple Music or whatever you want to call it now, um, um, even though it's still dominant in the U.S. But being on Spotify, being on Stitcher, being on all of these things and being housed on your own brands, like on our websites and our companies like Westwood One and all these things that puts all our aggregate content out there. Um, when you see like a show in Buffalo that's been on for a long time, you would expect it to do okay, um, you know, a few thousand a day. But then like by noon and they passed 10,000 downloads already. Wow. And you're just like, what the fuck? Wow. That's insane. Holy shit. Um, and then, but then, you know, it's like the same thing. It's like just a different version of what you got. Like, it's like, what do you do with it? Like, you know, like um, I'll tell you this, like whether it's us or, or anyone else, like you, people are still having a hell of a time trying to sell podcasts, you mm -hmm. know? And it's mm -hmm. like, we'll go and be like, look, you've got the brand of Shred and Reagan in the digital for it's in a podcast. Like what it's everything that you could possibly, people are like, ah, we still want commercials. We still want to be in their show. You know, we want to be part of the four hours. Like, so it's just like all that money is still made there. And it's like, that's the, like, like radio is like, um, it's by pure definition dying but when i when i say that it's the tongue is in in the cheek as firm as it can be because um in 2002 around 2002 uh free radio was hitting um 300 million people um just shy of 99 percent of the american public were listening to free radio a minimum of five hours a week now it's around 97 percent at That's at around so it's not it's, it's it's just it's gonna die it is gonna die it's it's going down but it's gonna take forever like right. it's 50 at the current rate that it's going 50 years from now will only be at 50 million listeners weekly 
Oh no! Right, <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean. Like, you think about it though. Like the reason I re- listen to the radio all the time is because I worked in like a factory. Yeah. So it was like you know from this time to this time somebody got to change the channel to yep. something that everybody could listen right. to, and and I think that that's never going to go away. Yeah. No, someone's not going to be like, let me put on this album at work. It's right. like throw this station on because my turn. Ease. Yeah. yeah, it's uh the things that we find in our uh in the uh, market research that they do and all that is um people like that they don't have to subscribe to it. People like that they don't have to hook up an aux cord. People like that they don't have to give out any personal information. There's like, like I can press a button and it's done. So it's like, it's almost a way of being connected and still disconnecting. So people like that. Um, then, and then the local thing's big, you know, um, there are people, they put stations on and if they don't really focus local, they, they're dead, you know, like it's just, it's just dead. Um, you look at like, even here, like that Jack FM station, um, they used to have this guy, Joe, programming it. And even though they never had any DJs, this dude used to write material, like the stuff that you heard in between songs. This dude spent his day writing material, and it was just all local shit. And he would have his voice guy record it, and he would upload it all, and you'd hear it all in between songs. And for a jack station, like a more or less a jukebox, it actually did pretty well. It outperformed any jack station in the country because he was localizing it as much as he could. He gets a different job, moves away. They do your basic run-of-the-mill jack station now it's just about done. Like it's just, it's so you got a station like ours um, that has the benefit of having been here for 25 years. They kept people um, around, keeping people around if where they can um, has a huge local morning show that still does just talks about Buffalo, you know, like Mm -hmm. um, and, and, you know, I'm on in the middays and I'm here and Bentley's our afternoon drive and she's here and she's out at every show and you can't miss her around town. And we've got a guy named this guy, Evan, who's on at night and he works with the morning show sometimes and does stuff at night too. And he's local and, you know, so it's like, and then we do all these events and we do comedy events and we do concerts and, you know, um, so all of that stuff like goes into the, you know, and now we're podcasting and, you know, so it's like, we have the ability to be a part of all of this stuff. So, so it works, but, but like I said, by pure definition, I think what they would say is that it's fragmenting, but that just means that slowly but surely the audience is dwindling out. And but what it's that sort means, of mutating as yeah, well. No, it's, yeah, it's, it's just different things. Like the only thing that makes me nervous um, at all, if anything, like when I see the statistics of like, well, it used to be 99%, now it's 97.5%. I'm like, okay, you know, like yeah. I just, I don't care. Like it doesn't, it's never going to affect me in my career. Um, it, you know, my great, great grandkids should probably find a different pursuit, um, <laughs> but it won't, it won't really affect me. But the only thing that does get me sometimes is um, 10 years ago, 10, 11 years ago, the average listening session, like um, the average person who liked radio a lot, listened to radio for on average uh, 19 to 24 minutes per, you know? So it's mm-hmm. like you would get in the car, pop on the radio, and you would listen for a good 20 minutes. Now that number is around 12 minutes. Um, and, and that's because when we go to commercials, people just don't go around the radio stations anymore and then back to your station. What they do is they go around the radio stations, then to a podcast for a little bit, then back. Um, so you just got them for less time. And the thing, the, the only thing about, like we can all live within that. You just, you just reappoint how you program. For me, what that does is it goes, oh, now I got to play that song more because you're listening less. Yeah. So now to expose you to new music, I have to play that new music more so that, you know, if you, you, if you used to listen for 20 minutes, you might hear that 21 pilot song 
Um, good. Now you're exposed to it. You can decide whether you like it or not. Now I don't know if you're hearing it every time I play it. So I got to play it maybe two or three times more per day. So in the grand scheme of things where, you know, our most played songs would get played maybe four times a day. Now they're getting played like seven times a day, um, which, you know, if that's the worst thing that's happening right now, it's all right, I guess, you know, it's, um, it's a business, you know? Yeah. And that, I mean, that's the, what it always goes back to is like, if I wasn't playing the shit that people wanted, I wouldn't have a job. You know right, what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Like, it, it's like, I, I, I don't do this to not get ratings. Like the whole point is for mass audience. The whole point is to get as many people as humanly possible to listen for as long as possible. That's the job. So Nirvana fucking does that. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. That's not my fault. You know what I mean? Like Absolutely. that's, that gets me that audience, you know? Well, we'll be pubbing July 14th, September 11th, the, comedy gigs at helium in july uh i want to say thanks for sticking around buffalo yeah. jim oh yeah no i like it here I, I don't know if the school will have you come back to speak <laughs> yeah. at career day yeah when i do have my yearbook out you're gonna have to sign it before you leave <laughs> just because we have a real professional here i think it's important for us to have a real professional after this is our first episode after a year so i think we need to get a little advice what would be your advice to a new comedian Oh, oh, um, stage time, just uh, stage hours. So, uh, and the reason I say that is because I've been doing stand-up comedy for over 10 years, but I've done less stand-up comedy than most people who've been doing it for two, um, because I'm a head case. Like I'm just, I'm fucking nuts. So I can't like, I can't bring myself to do like open mics. Like I'm too afraid of them. And I'm like, Oh, I don't, that's my peers. And like, I don't want them to see me suck. And you know, and, like, yeah. but that's what they're for. They're there so that you suck, but I can't, you know, so the, so I'm only on stage for shows like my own shows. So my actual stage hours are really low comparatively. So somebody starting out is just like, go up, just go up everywhere. Don't form bad habits. I think my issue is that I formed way too many bad habits. Um, as a comic and I can't get out of them, um, which is fine. Cause I just live within them. Um, but for anyone else, it's like, just go to every open mic you can find be on stage as long as you can. Um, it, the material doesn't even matter. You're trying to figure out your stage persona or whatever and, yeah. and, and getting comfortable delivering your material. So that's probably the biggest thing that anyone can do advice for someone that maybe wants to get into radio. I mean, you, <laughs> you know, I mean, there's probably different Listen ways. Your teachers. You're, you're around a, you're around a studio all the time. We've never been really around a studio, you know, like what? Um, well, I mean, this is, it's, um, would you say get an education or would you say just no, fuck that. no. <laughs> I mean get an education to do something else do like you know when I first went to college I was a fucking pre-law major it was you know but I always knew what I was going to do so it was irrelevant um, th there's fewer opportunities available now and a lot of that's because you know digital things are, are a thing and, but also like these giant companies own these stations and they go well we own stations in every city for the most part so why would we hire a bunch of local people in Wichita when we could have the Kansas City people do Wichita, you know? And so now it's every opportunity for anybody who wanted to be in Wichita for whatever yeah. to do is gone. It's just gone. They don't have those anymore. Um, there's no overnight jocks anymore. And that's where people learned how to be DJs, yeah. uh, oh, yeah, where, where, where ultimately you got to be a morning show, you know? Um, but I'm a, one thing I'll say about it is that I always think that um, talent always finds a way, you know? Um, so... If, if, if you are talented enough, this business will make room for you um, and, and does. Um, and, and so it's just a matter of, you know, I hate to be that guy, but like the work ethic is 
Well, I'm glad you say it's not, not who you know. It's not great. Yeah. Well, yeah. You know, no, I yeah. mean, I didn't fucking, I didn't know anybody, you know? Yeah. Like, I mean, it helps, like, anything, you know? Like, look where we all grew up. Like, like you don't do anything in our neighborhood without knowing someone, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, so it's like, we're probably fucking better at nepotism than anybody. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, Absolutely. That was, that was our major. You're either <laughs> a victim or, you know, <laughs> right. you're the king. Right. You know? Exactly. So. Exactly. And then um, advice for my, uh, to, to us as a podcast, you know, because- we we got through a year, which we thought we wouldn't do. Yeah. Um. I mean, th- th- you know, it's funny because, like, I could goof off with that question or, like, we could have a super serious conversation <laughs> about it, which I think we should after we're done. But, like, um, I don't know, like, have fun. Just have fun doing it is one thing. But, like, the other, you know, there's there's tech stuff in there. Like, I do part of my job is uh, with the, with the other markets that I work in, I do a lot of talent coaching. So like I work with new morning shows and I work with, you know, um, music intensive DJs and, and all that sort of stuff. And so it's kind of what I do is like how to um, take shows and, and put them together to make sure that they are, are doing the right things mechanically. Um, so with that, it's like, you know, look, there, there's character development, there's a uh, role definition. It's just who's doing what. And, you know, and who's going to be the main guy? Who's going to be the second guy? How do you define that? Who wants to, you know, like when you get to the point of being far more um, um, concerned about it, where you want to take it to that whatever level that you want to, you have those conversations then where it's just like, okay, well, we need to be this because somebody needs to be the leader of the podcast. Somebody needs to be the one driving and there's never two steering wheels in a car. You know, um, and, you know, and it's like you, you look at a morning show, it's always like there's always the the setup and the takedown. You know, mm-hmm. it's it's one of the things that I think Tom Reagan will never get enough credit for is he creates an atmosphere where every single person around him can be funny. Like um, it, it's it's he sets everything up for someone to make a joke. And that is the ultimate quarterback, you know? Right. And, but if you listen to Shred and Reagan, you'll hear that, you know, who's driving most of those, com- who's steering that? that? That's Reagan. And Shred's then freed up to entertain, play sound effects, be funny, like be witty, like take part in the conversations, own what he owns and, and, and know his role, you know? And a lot of that is because, you know, when, when you're professional like that, you sit down and you go, this is who's going to do what? And, you know, and then a lot of shows that don't do that or are finding themselves trying to be too polite to do that. Um, they it just doesn't work out. Some bits don't get old. Some bits don't get old. Yeah, they yep. all stick around. Yeah. Some bits get super old, though. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's uh, it's uh, I mean, that's the thing, man. It's um, uh, it's, you know, you talk about uh, what's her face? Ms. Lyons, the art teacher. She said to me in high school, she said, um, um Good artists, um, good artists make good art. Great artists know when to stop. Mm. And I, that's something that always stuck with me. You know, like it's like, well, because like you're making a painting, right? And you're like, well, I can just add more of this. And I can add more of this. And, like, and she'd be like, well, why? 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 Yeah. You're, you're, when are you done? I don't know. Well, if you know when you're done, that's, that's the discipline in this, you know? Um, and that's no different in anything. That's stand-up. That's radio. That's music. That's, it's, you know, knowing when you're done. That's, that's the difficult part. But if you can do that, you'd be super good. Well, we're going to get some guys out to your shows. Uh, please don't be rowdy and double fisting when you see Jim <laughs> at Helium in July. You can just be fun. Yeah, just, yeah, just, just be chill fun. out. Just like it's, you know, like people, um, 
most people, especially like South Buffalo people, they're really great after shows. Like that's like the most fun. Like, cause like we talk about this a lot, like South Buffalo as a whole has the reputation that it has probably somewhat earned. Um, but the individuals are always amazing. They're always really great people. And then like, I'll do these shows and afterward there is never a show where I don't have like these great conversations with people that are just like, remember all the street names or the fucking slants or whatever the fuck else or the name of which cop chased them through yeah. the ninth fairway. And like, we all we know all got, who it was, yeah. you know? And like, and you just talk about that and you laugh about it and all that. And like most people, but like, yeah, during the shows, just please shut the fuck up. Like that's, <laughs> that's, like, that's all I can ask. Well, Jim Kurtzel, keep up the good work. He's the vice uh, president of content and programming of rock and alternative. Uh, Keep up the good work, Jim. I always like to see you out at the clubs, at the shows. Yeah. You're great. Thanks, uh, man. Keep it up, man. Th- Thanks you are for now me. Uh, licensed to talk. Sweet. Thanks, dude.